This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to my favorite murder, the mini sode. It's mini. Here it is. Look at that. Oh, look at this precious little thing from Sanrio. <laughs> Somebody on TikTok, there was some kind of '80s throwback thing. Mm-hmm. Oh no, is it? It was just a girl going through her mom's old <gasps> sticker album, and it was all these Mrs. Grossman stickers that, like, oh my god, were only made in the '80s, and then a bunch of other. Were you too young for like that Mrs. Grossman sticker where it would be like a goose or a heart? Real simple designs. I remember those for sure. Yes. Because then they got fancier and they got a little more Lisa Frankie and sparkly. Yeah. It was so satisfying to watch. Do you know what I have? I have an album of my grandmother's cards, like greeting cards she's received throughout like the 50s and 60s. Oh. Like she just pasted them all in this huge old album. I should go through that. TikTok, per- that'd be perfect for TikTok. TikTok. What's up? It's like thank you cards and happy birthday cards and yeah, stuff like and that. Valentine's, yeah. they're all a little sexist and weird. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it was a strange time. Yeah. Uh, all right, should I go first this time? Yeah, do it. Okay, this is called Deathbed Treasure Hunt. Mm. Hi, y'all. Trigger warning for bummer terminal illness, but otherwise I promise it's a fun story, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) We're ready. It was definitely a bright spot in an otherwise dark time for my family, and it involves treasure. To set the scene, my dad was always a weird dude, played the accordion, member of an English folk dancing group, established hippie farm commune in the Washington wilderness with a bunch of friends. You know, the usual. In true kid form, I thought my dad's oddities were hugely embarrassing. Like, please don't wear the jean shorts to the 4th of July party, dad. Embarrassing. (laughs) Now that I'm a, quote, adult, I truly appreciate that he was the epitome of you do you, regardless of the opinions of others. And I wish I had more of his zero shits given personality in me. You can. Yeah, it's in there. It must be in there. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Yeah. When I was in high school, however, his behavior seemed to become increasingly off. After a couple of dangerous accidents, my mom insisted on seeking medical help for my dad. During my sophomore, junior year of high school, he was diagnosed with a rare degenerative brain disease and his health was a slow decline from there. Fast forward six years or so to 2011. I had just graduated college and moved home to be with my family during my dad's final months. At this point, he was unable to speak or move for the most part, but he could point to letters and images to relay basic needs. One night, only a week or so before he passed, my brother, mom, dad, and myself were hanging out together at home when my dad seemed to have a miraculous boost of energy. He indicated that he needed to tell us something important. We gathered around and held up the alphabet sheet, and he started to slowly spell out the word G-E-L-T. 
We were momentarily stumped and asked if he meant to spell something else. All of a sudden, my vaguely Jewish mom goes, well, gelt can mean gold. Are you trying to say gold, we asked? He pointed to yes. Mm. And like our own personal national treasure movie, we set about trying to decode his clues and cryptic communications to find his secret stash of treasure. Mom stayed with dad trying to get more information while my brother and I dashed from room to room searching drawers and cabinets. The details are fuzzy now, especially since my brain has kindly blocked out much of that time period. But we eventually understood that the gelt was in the garage. Still thinking this might be some strange wild goose chase, my mom headed out to the garage. We waited, feeling as if we were experiencing a shared hallucination, when finally my mom came back in the room with her mouth open in astonishment. She laughed and held out her hands, revealing a stash of honest to Gaia gold fucking coins. (laughs) We laughed, we cried, we thanked him, and we laughed some more. Of course, my weird-ass dad was hiding a stash of gold coins like a fucking pirate. About a week later, my dad succumbed to his illness and passed in his sleep. To this day, we talk about how perfect it was that in his final days, dad gifted us with this exciting and joyful adventure, not to mention providing for us in this one final way. He also communicated with me twice after his passing, but those are stories for another time, if you want them. (laughs) We do. Yes. Thank you for being you and encouraging our MFM community to be our weird and wonderful selves. You make a difference. Stay sexy and don't forget to tell your loved ones where you stashed your gold. (laughs) Jenna, she, her. For real. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Also, it's like, all of a sudden it came to him in the midst, you know, that brain was trying to send that message for however long. I love that. I love it so much. It's a good story. There's gold hidden in the garage. There's gold in the garage. You got to remember to tell people where you stash it. Got to. Yes. This subject line is haunted house lighthearted. Hey there. Back in my college days, I took a part-time job working in a haunted house as an actor, quote-unquote, scaring all of the tourists who visited our amusement park. I was very pleased with the job title as I was in theater school at the time Mm -hmm. and took a lot of pride in my job. (laughs) This haunted house was not for the faint of heart, and we suggested only ages 13 and above would be allowed to enter. Because of this, the other actors and I would compete every day to see who could make the most people cry or take the chicken door out of the house. The chicken door. I love that. The chicken door. My favorite scare was in a pitch black hallway that immediately followed a brightly lit graveyard so no one could see a thing. I would sit in the corner of that dark hallway. It's like fucking, I'm already upset. I hate (laughs) shit like this so much. I do too. I would sit in the corner of the dark hallway wearing all black with a blackout mask so no one could see me. Fuck that. (laughs) Fuck that shit. Yeah. (laughs) But I would see them. I'd then quietly sing Ring Around the Rosie in my (gasps) cutest, creepiest little girl voice. Uh, When the guests would finally brave a step into the darkness, I would scream as loud as I could followed by a maniacal giggle. It was a top-notch scare. (laughs) On this day, a guy and his girlfriend braved the house. This stereotypical couple consisted of a large man wearing a small tank top and a teensy blonde girl wearing the same thing. (laughs) While in the graveyard, he acted completely unfazed, pointing at random things and yelling, oh my God, that's so fake, not even scary. This is so dumb. 
eye rolls and all. His girlfriend was less convinced and hid behind him each step. Here's what's crazy. You're just going to walk, you're in a haunted house. That's all they care about is scaring you. You're going to walk into a fake cemetery and think that's all they have for you? Yeah. Come on, man. You fool. And of course it's fake. Of course it looks fake. It is fake. Yeah, they didn't bury people there. (laughs) It wasn't, it's not about that it's paper mache. It looks super realistic. Yeah. Like, oh, I feel like I'm really at a fucking cemetery. (laughs) Oh, okay. Anyway. When they got to my dark hallway, they stopped and listened to me sing while discussing whether to enter. Girl, is that a recording? That's so creepy. You go first. Guy. It's not real, babe. Ugh, it is pretty dark though. You go first this time. I'm right behind you. <laughs> and the girl goes, oh my God, no, you go. Come on, please. And the guy says, uh, okay, yeah, I got this. Okay, let's go, babe. And with a shake of his head, he stood up straight, grabbed his girl's hand and stepped forward. The next part happened kind of quickly. <laughs> They stepped forward into the darkness. I screamed loudly and laughed. He grabbed his girlfriend and threw her at me. (laughs) She tripped on me and fell to the ground. He ran down the blind hallway at full speed and slammed into the wall. And then turned the corner, (laughs) hit another wall, turned the next corner, and was gone. His girlfriend and I quietly sat in shock for a moment before I helped her up. Me, um, are you okay? (laughs) A person dressed entirely in black with a blackout mask. I love it. Um, are you okay? And the girl goes, yeah, are you? And then this person goes, yeah, where'd your boyfriend go? And the girl goes, I don't know, but I'm about to find out. She stomped away angrily and found him outside the house where he started apologizing profusely while she stormed away. This was my crowning achievement in my actor life and it could never be topped. Mm. I hope you guys enjoyed these stories. Many more where that came from. I worked in the house for almost four years and loved every moment of it. Oh, we want more of those stories yeah. for sure. Yeah. If anyone is ever looking for work in October, I highly recommend Scaring for Stress Relief and a Lifetime of Good Stories. Love you lots, Fallen, pronounced like fallen, as in I've fallen over. <laughs> but there's a D at the end. Oh, yeah. That would be a fun job for stress relief, just being able to scream as much as you want. I love that. Be amazing. Also, this it's almost like if you haven't seen the movie Force Majeure, you should absolutely oh, see yeah. it. Because it's the basically the ski resort version of this same story where this dude, that relationship's over. He it's threw over. his girlfriend toward the danger That's and, right. got, and ran. That's right. No, no one wants to see that in their loved one. <laughs> no, no, dude. Why do I always remember lyrics to songs, Karen, that I haven't heard for years, but I always forget my email passwords? I know, right? It's like our brains only want us to retain useless information, but with 1Password, that problem's solved. 1Password is an award-winning password manager that's trusted by families and large-scale companies alike. If you're tired of being the person that everyone texts for a streaming login, hand that honor to 1Password. They let you share logins with people and with groups. With 1Password, you can securely switch between any device type or operating system. That means if you're a family or business that uses both Mac and PC, you won't have trouble sharing your private data. Don't let the name fool you. 1Password does more than just store passwords. It can autofill usernames, 
payment details, and personal information. And they notify you about potential data breaches. For business operations, 1Password has a dedicated support team that will integrate its security tools into your existing workflow. 1Password saves everyone time. And we all know that time saved equals money saved. Your accounting department will thank you. Don't just listen to us. 1Password was named Wirecutter's best password manager. And companies like Salesforce and IBM trust 1Password to secure their most sensitive information. So you can too. Right now, our listeners get a free two-week trial Trial at onepassword.com slash MFM. That's two free weeks at one, as in the number one, password.com slash MFM. Onepassword.com slash MFM. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Well, here's another horror one. This is horror movie parenting fail. Dear Karen, Georgia, whatever pets are in the vicinity and all additional people who may read this email. Honestly, I'm just writing this in because it's the right time of year for it and should make you laugh. For context, my generation of family has a very distinctive split, the older cousins and the younger cousins. As the oldest of the younger cousins, there's five years between me and my closest in age older cousin. This story takes place when I was about five, so the older cousins would have been between 10 and 15, and my younger cousins, if they'd even been born, would have been three or younger. So understandably, I was in a bit of a strange spot at family gatherings. Too young for the older kids, but way too old for the toddlers and babies, which meant that as long as my older cousins were doing something considered safe for my size and age, I was usually shooed in that direction. It's no surprise that when my cousins asked to watch a movie while the adults and babies hung out, I was told to watch with them. My cousins picked a movie and we all started watching. Now, I should probably say that I was and am that person who saw Titanic and had nightmares. So I clearly don't do well with anything scary. (laughs) But every time my little five-year-old self would leave the room to find my mom and tell her I didn't like this movie, she would shush me and send me right back in. Now, my mom claims this never happened because she would never have made me watch this movie, which I think is true She had she had known what the movie actually was, which she didn't. I couldn't read, so I didn't know the name of the movie for a long time, think years, and so clearly couldn't tell her while saying I didn't like it. But there are some images and scenes that really stay with you. I can tell you the decor of the room and which cousins were sitting where, etc. when that <laughs> alien popped out of the guy's chest. Because yes... <laughs> My cousins decided to watch Alien. Yeah, they did. Thank you for everything you do, Hannah.
<laughs> just reminds me of my mom making us watch, what was it, Total Recall when I was a kid? Oh. oh. Is that the one, that's the one where Arnold Schwarzenegger and the lady at the airport who opens up and there's a yeah. person hiding inside? Yeah. As a child, I watched that at a, at a family, at a children's sleepover at my house. Yeah. Also, we had the same thing. I had the same situation where I was the youngest, but my cousins were also our next door neighbors. And my the girl cousins were like 15 when yeah. I was five. Yeah. So they were so irritated anytime we were forced to, if they were watching TV and then they would be like, watch something that girls will like. Yeah. It drove them insane. And so they just knew enough to wait five minutes so the parents weren't paying attention yeah. anymore and they did whatever they wanted. Yeah. And we knew if we told, we would just get a beat down. Yeah. So and you wanted to watch what they were watching probably. It was like exciting. You start, it, at the beginning, it was thrilling. And then it would get to the point where you were scared shitless and they did. They thought it was funny. Yes. And, you know, yes. it was the 70s. Everything was very rough and tumble Totally, back then. totally. DIY. Very little consideration for the children. <laughs> okay, I won't read you the subject line of this. Collective hello to all. I'm rewriting this hometown as the first time I wrote it, I was drunk at a football game. Oops. <laughs> At said football game, the kid in front of us was losing their tooth, which unlocked a core memory of a shorty but a goodie. There was no call for this type of story, but it doesn't matter as rules don't exist for these anymore. That's right. <laughs> that is so right. Taking it back so many years, I lost a tooth and excitedly went to bed early and I couldn't wait to get my greedy little hands on some unearned money. <laughs> Being that I went to bed so early, I woke up pretty early in the night to check and see if the tooth fairy had paid me a visit and she had. What a stroke of luck. I'd gotten a $100 bill for <gasps> simply outgrowing a baby tooth. I only got $5 when the one was forcibly pulled by my dentist. So surely this was making up for that injustice. I leapt from my bed and went running to show everybody the good fortune I had had, $100. Oh my God. <laughs> Suck it, siblings. I am favorited by all. To which my dad got up, took the $100 bill from my hand and said, the tooth fairy meant to leave you a $10 bill. <laughs> and that, my friends, is how I found out the tooth fairy wasn't real and started questioning everything. <laughs> Stay sexy and always check your bills before leaving them under your kids' pillows. Tabby. I love that. There's a PS that says, shout out to my fave Prego Murderino Whitney. I love that. Parents making mistakes. My favorite. One of my favorite subjects. Classic. Classic. And entirely unavoidable. But yes. that one is like... <laughs> 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 <or> fucking two. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a good way to break the news. Yeah. It's just like, dude, the, the, come on. Also, 10 bucks for a tooth? Man, we didn't get that shit when I was a kid. Fuck no. 10 bucks? Quarter. I think we stopped getting anything after a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. Quarter. It was always spare change. Maybe a dollar. And then once you were like a little bit older, it was just like, yeah, that's enough. You don't need Yeah. It. We don't need to keep doing that. That's right. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's 
that's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. My last one's called Polish Superstitions. Hi, all. On the last minisode, you asked for strange superstitions. I've got some for you. My family is Polish. My parents left Poland before the fall of communism in 89, so I was born and raised in Canada until the age of 13, after which my mom and I moved back to Poland on our own. Being raised by an immigrant single mother was a wild ride for many reasons, but as I'm sure most children of immigrants can attest to, having one foot in both cultures leads you to have many quirks. My first language was Polish, and I didn't learn English until going to preschool. Thanks to that, for a long while, like until the age of 10, I wasn't always sure which words were Polish and which were English. I would randomly insert a Polish noun into an otherwise English sentence, and my peers would look at me in confusion. Another quirk that I acquired was the superstitions. One in particular stuck with me for a long time. Since I had been very little, my mother told me not to look in a mirror for too long or the devil would appear. (laughs) Once I was grown up, I realized that the superstition existed to discourage vanity and put one's looks above other, more valuable traits. But as a child, I took that shit as absolute fact. When getting ready, I would only take fleeting glances at the mirror. Otherwise, I ignored that piece of glass as best I could. All the horror movies we watched at sleepovers that employed mirrors as dark objects connecting this plane to the other world only seemed to confirm my beliefs. It wasn't until I became a preteen and started doing my makeup regularly that I realized there was no timer ticking a countdown to my inevitable face-off with Satan himself. As you can imagine, since then, life has become a lot easier. Yeah. Another Polish superstition that my mother-in-law reminded me of recently when I put my purse down on her carpet is not to put your bag or wallet on the floor as it would lead to financial tragedy. While she said this when we were at home, it's actually a good practice to have in public places as to avoid being an easy target for thieves. I think it's a nice reminder that a lot of superstitions are actually valuable life lessons. And sometimes that added element of Lucifer as a jack-in-the-box helps to ingrain those lessons into a child's mind. (laughs) In the most traumatic way possible. Anyway, thanks for reading and for all the rad stuff you gals do. Stay sexy and stay healthily wary of mirrors, Leela. (laughs) I mean, that idea that you're trying to like curl your hair by peeking out (laughs) like your peripheral vision is like- Constantly burning yourself or like doing your (laughs) your makeup looks insane because you're not looking at yourself. You're like, I can't, I can't risk it. Okay, wait, I have one more left, right? Yeah. The subject line of this one is everything you asked for circa 1978. Great start. Mm -hmm. Hello, MFM family. You asked for it. Drunk parents, the 70s, almost dying. And here we go. My dad would sometimes take my younger brother and I on Sunday adventures to give my mom a break from parenting her free-range children. He bought some fishing rods and loaded them on the roof of our VW Beetle with a net and an old duffel bag, which he used to keep some six-packs iced down. (laughs) 
<laughs> we stopped at a gas station for some Cokes and some rubbery cheese balls in a plastic bag. It would be typical for my dad not to know what eight-year-olds eat, and I thought the cheese balls were lunch. He explained the cheese balls were bait for the fish, <laughs> and I heard my brother spit his out in the backseat. Oh, no. I was laughing at my brother's stupidity, and he began kicking the bejesus out of my seat. Mm -hmm. My dad sang along with the radio as my brother and I continued our front seat, back seat war as he sipped his brews while handing us our drinks. My brother threw up in the back seat as we arrived at the lake, but my dad insisted on baiting the hooks, and my brother threw threw up again. <laughs> oh my God. There was a lot of barfing in the 70s. There was a lot, <laughs> yes. I think because like shit like this, where just like the fishing bait looked like yes. cheese puffs. Yes. So you're eating whatever chemicals would be on fish bait. Yeah. You're just eating whatever. Creepy there's no, shit on there. Because <laughs> there's no supervision. So you're eating weird yes. shit all the time. And then the reaction to that lack of supervision resulting in barfing is the parents being like, you're fine. Yeah. Okay. My brother threw up in the back seat as we arrived at the lake, but my dad insisted on baiting the hooks and my brother threw up again as soon as he smelled the cheese balls. Ugh. It turned out that fish don't like rubbery cheese ball bait either and we caught nothing. My dad thought it would be a good idea to fool mom by buying fish at the grocery store. <laughs> yes. We left my five-year-old brother in the car and bought a fish and Pepto-Bismol. I asked, to drive since my brother wouldn't possibly argue in his sixth state. And my dad put me in his lap as I happily steered while he shifted the bug and drank. <laughs> this is this the 70th <laughs> story that's ever existed. This is literally my childhood. My mother took one look at my brother and knew something was wrong. When she bent down to have a closer look, she yelled, Dave, are you letting them have beer? She marched over to the car and showed my dad an empty beer can from the back seat floor. My dad just shrugged and cracked open another one while picking up my brother to go sleep it off on his shoulder on the porch. Oh my God. My mom threw a complete fit at my dad, but he kept rocking my brother and putting his finger up to his lips for her to quiet down. <laughs> And she still does not know that my dad let his elementary age daughter drive two miles on a public road home from the grocery store. <laughs> I cannot believe we thought this was almost normal, but it did lead to really boring playgrounds and helicopter parenting. Stay sexy. God bless the 70s and don't get murdered. Jenny. Oh my God. He was drinking <sighs> beer the whole time. No wonder he was, he was barfing. <laughs> he was drinking beer uh, and fish bait. Uh, in, and also in the back seat, which is where you would oh, get yeah. car sick. Quickest. Because also VW bugs, like the, the exhaust just like goes directly into the car. So yeah. you're just like sick. You're just completely sick. Yeah, that the, we were car sick all the time and yeah. I'm positive that's the reason. Yeah. It was just like bad filtration. All, all right. right. We've good, done it. Good job, everyone. Thanks for sending in your stories and please continue to do so. We really appreciate it. You're really killing it. Everyone has been doing such a good job. Thank you yeah. kindly yeah. for your emails. And stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Our producer is Alejandra Keck. This episode was engineered and mixed by Stephen Ray Morris. Our researchers are Marin McClashen and Gemma Harris. Email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Follow My Favorite Murder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase My Favorite Murder merch.